This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with steel-clad resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer and protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform for Valor Radio. Here are your hosts, Colonel Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Mamano. Well, welcome in here, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and the actual real, real, real colonel is in studio. Good to see your face smiling at us across the console. Hello, gentlemen. It's so good to be in the studio today. And we don't want to leave out Captain's, Captain Steve Mamano, USN, uh, retired. Hey, Steve. Yep. And good to have Paul back. Yeah, it's great to be in the studio. Thanks, uh I'm glad it worked out schedule-wise that I could be in here with you today. There really is no substitute for being in the studio, so uh, uh, just really glad to be here. You know, uh, Steve, I got to ask you. Um, you know, we we have uh, almost constant input from uh, one of your co-navy guys, uh, Roger. Oh yeah, Roger. Roger Hill. Oh yeah, he's, um, he's he's on the ball. I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, are we going to have to start like paying him as a producer or, or, or something a like this? Or consultant or something? Consultant or something? Let me check. Uh, no, no. <laughs> okay, I guess that's from the boss, Roger. We can't pay you, but we really. I got to say thank you for all the input. Uh, don't want, I want to make sure we give you the just credit. We appreciate all your constant uh, input that you're giving you, us. You uh, know, the, the fact that he didn't end up staying in the Navy, it's their loss. It is. Yeah, because uh, he, he, he's a, a pretty sharp dude, I'll tell you what. Um, and uh, we really do appreciate it and uh, take to heart everything that you're sending to us. Uh, and uh, once again, we appreciate your loyalty to the show, number one. Yeah, and number two. Uh, um, Great information. Yeah, it really is. It really does add a lot of texture. And uh, um, thank you for uh, for doing what you do. So. Um, and keep those cards and letters coming, Roger. Yeah, please, please do. Uh, it, it really, we really do appreciate it. Gifts and uh, you know, like fresh baked goods are good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, I sent Steve a story this week, and just absolutely made me crazy. So, those of us that spent time in the military. You know, whether you went in as a private or you went in as a second lieutenant or a um, ensign, um, you know, you get these lectures when you first go in and, you know, they tell you, you don't want to get caught speeding on post. You don't want to get a DWI mm -hmm. in the military. Um, it'll end your career. Uh, when I was a cadet, I was down at Fort Bragg, now Fort Liberty, um, we're, we're going to talk about the story of Fort Liberty. It was 4th of July weekend. Um, it was between my junior and senior year. My brother and sister-in-law came down to visit. We, you know, we had a couple days off, and um, I was showing them the post. And, of course, I got a little distracted. And the speed limit on post was 25 miles an hour, and I was going 32 miles an hour. You speed demon. And, and, I, they, and they took it to you for that? I got pulled over. 
And I was wow. mortified. I was absolutely mortified. I was getting pulled. I saw my whole military. I thought, I'm not going to get commissioned. <laughs> this is the end of my military career before it even starts. Oh, geez. Um, I was still a cadet. I was a junior in college. Oh, yeah. You know, I was down there for, that was between yeah. your junior and senior year. They called it advanced camp. Right. Um, going into senior year, you know, you're getting graded on everything. And I'm saying, right. they give us a few hours off. Now like you're I'm, a problem child, right? Now I'm, I'm going to get a ticket. That's the end of the MP. Oh, boy. Thank God. He, he took mercy on me. I didn't get a ticket. Wow. Um, Good for him. And uh, I just scared the living crap because all they did was warn you, do not get a ticket, do not get a ticket. Right. It goes all the way up to the general. It'll come down your chain of command. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in, it'll be the end. And so, but once again, so this week we see this story about a captain in the United States Army who's riding a bike to work at Fort Liberty, formerly Fort Bragg riding his bike to work, um, an electric bike. Um, and They'll he, go like 35. And he gets hit from behind, knocked off his bike, and he's dead. Wow. And you're wondering, okay, the guy's obviously not a fitness freak or he wouldn't be riding an electric mm-hmm. bike. You know, you have those guys that are real fitness guys that right. ride their bikes everywhere. Right, that's and a choice. That's a choice. Mm-hmm. And then you start reading the story and... The reason he was riding his bike is because his driving privileges on Fort Liberty had been revoked because he got a, a speeding ticket on Can Fort you Liberty. That? And his command revoked his driving privileges. This is a captain in the United States Army, um, which means he had somewhere between four and 11 years in the Army. And his. his I had tri- to read it twice. I was like. Am I reading this right? That, that they they actually took his. Um, first thing I want to know is what did he do? Was he like dri- driving like a hundred and fifty miles an hour to take off or right. something? What, right. what could he possibly do to get his driving privileges revoked that way? For one, was it his fifth ticket for speeding on the post? And understand when you're on a post, you don't go to a town judge; you go to a federal magistrate. Good Lord. So you're already dealing with a federal magistrate on a military post, but then you also have to deal with your chain of command, your military chain of command. Isn't your CO or whoever his big boss was, wouldn't they be uh, notified that he's – I mean, they would know if he – like if he was a problem child driving, wouldn't they have some kind of a ledger that says, by the way, uh, Colonel so-and-so, you're you're J.O. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, but I'm saying he not only has to deal with whatever penalty the federal magistrate handed out. Right. I'm sure this – Driving restriction came through the military right. chain of command, and the federal magistrate can't tell him he can't drive on the post. Uh-huh, right. You know, it's just like that's just like, you know, the the town justice in Pittsburgh can't tell you you can't drive in the town of Pittsburgh. Correct. So it's the military chain of command that told him he can't drive right, right. on Fort Liberty. So, but my, that's a bigger. So first of all, you've got this guy that's somewhere between, like I said, between four and ten years in the military is dead. Um, Did you also see what his what his uh, job was? He was the S six, right? Bata- and, and I had to go look up because I forgot what S six was. Yes. But the S six Battalion X S six in in this outfit is the Signals and Communications right. Officer, and I read that he manages the battalion's computer network, the help desk. And is accountable for security, right? Of of, of uh, uh, and care and maintenance of all uh, comms equipment. Okay, right. That's that's a lot of things that could go wrong, and in the course of you know if Murphy's Law, 
things go wrong, you need to be a Johnny on the spot to correct them. Right. I've been in a situation as an SSO when I was a security officer, for, for and I had a SCIF that I'm a sensitive compartment information facility that I managed, where if the power went out, like a lightning storm would knock out the power, I get called at 3 in the morning, so, and I'd have to get down there and man it until the, until the, the alarm was fixed. Yeah, so the S6 is... So he has to be able to come and go. Right. The S6 is probably not... He's probably he's a signal officer, and he's probably not the same branch as whatever that battalion was. You know right. whether it's a infantry battalion right. or whatever. Right. So he's an outsider to start with within the battalion. Okay. You know he's uh, he's he provides a service, so he's he's not support. one of the guys. He support right. He's yeah. not one of the guys right. to start with. Okay. All right. He's sort of like the the MI officer in the battalion. Right. I understand. He, and and so he may not be the most favorite guy in the battalion or you know, like the chemical officer yeah, in the right. battalion you know and um or in the brigade even right and so you know he's a necessary he's like a, evil. He's like a leg infantry in a, in a in a paratrooper outfit. not even an infantry though but i mean you know he and so once again he's like a second class citizen that gets there treated like a second class citizen right. to start with okay. because he's not you know the core uh one of the core guys and although you can't survive without those guys, I mean, right. you know, the comm guys, you know, before computers, everybody had computers and it was all digital before. I mean, when it was just straight signal and comms, right. um, you know, they were integral. But this is just terrible. And it goes to a bigger issue, which I want to finish up with after the break here. We're hearing some music. Right. We went on a bit about this. But it goes to a bigger issue with the military. And I think it goes to recruitment and retention and everything else. And we'll finish up with this right after our break here on Valor Radio. On the WISL stations. And we're so glad to have a rare in-studio appearance from Colonel Paul Simonelli from the Southern Command of the program. More to come. But now you Two for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award. MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Michigan Miller's Mutual Insurance, 2425 East Grand River Avenue, Lansing, Michigan. The Stars and Stripes Flag Store is open again. Shop at 783 South Avenue Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 5. All American-made flags, many different types, apparel, drinkware, ornaments, and more. Honor our heroes. Shop Stars and Stripes Flag Store open again. 
Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. If you're a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please call the Veterans Crisis Line at 988 and then press 1. Donate now, vocroc.org. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg & Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating & Air, call 500-HELP, Veterans Outreach Center and the Flag Store on South Avenue, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplane Museum. Once again, here's the Colonel. Thanks, Robert. So... We know in the military, one of the things that has to occur, it's up to a commander to maintain good order and discipline. It's not the civilian world. People are, have to be ordered to do things that are, may cause the end of their life, put themselves in jeopardy. Yes. And, and so maintaining good order and discipline is critical. We've got a commander on a base who made a decision to take away this guy's driving rights on Fort Liberty. Um, whatever it was, it had to be something. We don't know the whole story. Mm -hmm. We don't know if he was driving at 100 miles an hour. We don't know the circumstances. Yet, saying that, there's he had to deal with whatever the criminal justice, you know, the, the, the federal magistrate did yeah. to him, whatever fines, penalties, and otherwise um, that could be doled out. I, I've got to think that this commander... Either I, I we see this in the military all the time. We see commanders thinking that they're they're doing good. You know, there, there's two types of um, deterrence, right? There's specific deterrence and there's general deterrence. Specific deterrence is uh, you can't drive on the post, right? General deterrence is everybody sees that I punish you by not letting you drive, so they all see. And they're not going to do the same behavior, right? Mm. I don't know if this what this commander's reason for doing this was, whether he's trying to make a an example of this guy. Maybe. Could very well be. Or um, he was just trying to teach this guy a lesson because there was a there was a, a but you know, you, this is Well, you know what was interesting was uh uh unfortunately for the force SOB before he died in a, in, a, in a vehicle accident or whatever you want, they collided with him or took him out. He had to be subjected to insults on social media because people were looking at him and they took a picture of the guy. I saw the picture of him. And that's why I asked you, Paul. Was that the guy? Because this poor, this poor guy looked forlorn with that stupid uh, helmet on and his uh, knee pads or at the arm pads, or elbow arm pads, pads, sure, whatever. Um, he was wearing them, and he people apparently on social media were mocking the guy, saying, "Hey, did you see that that captain driving around that bicycle?" I mean, probably, that's how, he had to actually get the raspberries from these guys before he got killed. And that's probably the rules on the base. If you want to yeah, drive yeah. an electric bike, you probably had to wear all the safety uh, equipment. And he didn't look too happy about no, it, man. No, and of course he had to have his reflective belt on. Oh, yeah. It that, like... that saved his life. Um, yeah. So anyway, this is just, you know, commanders need to be thoughtful. And if they're going to do something, if they're going to punish the guy, if they're going to do something, 
let's be thoughtful about what we're doing, and let's not potentially well, you're going, create... I, I know where you're going with this, which is, th- this is not going to, this is not a good thing for retention and recruitment. Right, right. If if someone can control your life like that... Like that. Like that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have a son-in-law that got out, was a E6 um, infantry, and I think if you talk to him, he won't come out and say that's the reason he got out, but... That's the reason he got out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, one of the things that motivated him. I mean, there's there's so much. You know, multiple combat tours, other mm-hmm. things, but it's at, the, at the, some point in life, right? You have to, you have to start. You have to be treated with some respect. Right. I agree with you. And it, and the pettiness and the the chicken. You know what? Right. It, it, after a while, it wears on you, right? And you say, you know, why am I? I'm kicking myself in the in the head by. I am I going to re reenlist? Am I going to you know sign on the dotted line for another you know tour or whatever? Go back to sea, and then you start thinking about, well, you know, everybody else is doing this, and I'm 35 years old. Maybe I should go into another line of work. You know, absolutely. You start, all these things enter your mind, right? And so, you know, you start. And unfortunately, most of the people joining the military come from military families. And now when you see people getting out instead of staying in for the full career, Mm -hmm. and when most of the people joining the military come from military families, and now you see mom and dad leaving short of their careers, you're losing. Disincentive. Right. Now, it's not the natural thing for me to go in the military because mom and dad were in because mom and dad left when I was 10 instead of when I was 18 or 20. You know, it it doesn't become so. It it does have this mm-hmm. effect. So it. I remember it, what a big deal they made out of the fact that John McCain's one of his uh, sons didn't go in the navy. He he left the academy or he didn't go in or something like that. They made a big deal out of it. Like whoa, the McCain line going back to you know going back a hundred years. You know now the the line is broken or whatever. So yeah, it, it it's a painful realization, but um, you so, come to it right. And you know we World War Two, fifteen percent of the population served. Vietnam, we had about five or six percent of the population served. Since nine eleven, we've had less than one percent of the population wow. serve. Um, less than one. So, you know, we're not asking for a lot. Less than one percent of the pop. We so we're talking about one percent of the population serving to meet our needs, mm. and we can't even do that right now. Uh, with an all-volunteer force, we're falling significantly short, you know, into double digits short in all the services with asking for less than 1% of the population to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've got to step back and take a look at it. Now, that brings us to the next story. And I know I saw what you were posting on Facebook. I know it was making you absolutely lunatic this weekend um, oh. over Miss America or Miss USA oh, or whatever yeah. she ended up being. Um, I just don't like it. Second lieutenant, female, Air Force, Air Force Academy graduate. Pilot. Pilot. Trained pilot. Trained pilot. Well, I don't know. So everybody I, learns had, how to fly in the academy. Wind, I saw she no, had I know that, but everybody learns how to fly in the academy. So they get ba- they, they get to be a basic pilot. That's part of one of the like neat things you get to do in the Air Force Academy. So I don't know that she's... Well, they have her standing next to... In the, she's sitting in the cockpit of a of a... Of a a jet fighter. I think I don't know that she's actually qualified you, in a really? jet. See, I, I, now you got me thinking. I'm, maybe I think, maybe she really not a. I think she couldn't be a second lieutenant, and and because you're only a second lieutenant for like eighteen months, 
And so depending on when she graduated, uh-huh. I can't believe that she's qualified in a jet at this point. Okay, well, is what that I'm saying. the whole story. So, no, because yeah. there's no way she could stay qualified in a jet and go do Miss America stuff. Anyway, second lieutenant in the Air Force, <laughs> Air Force Academy, physics graduate. I mean, physics, you can't graduate in physics in the Air Force Academy unless you're a pretty smart person, right? I mean, that's that's a hard course of study. A she, hell of a resume. Right. And she started, her mother died of cancer. She started a foundation. She's already raised a quarter of a million dollars for this foundation. God she started in honor of her mother. And she's, she's an overachiever. And she's beautiful. And she got... And she's, it wasn't, she wasn't transgender, and she got elected Miss America, right, or Miss USA, or whichever one no, of those. I have right? no issues with her, uh, her, her uh, uh, you know, so physical attributes. I know. So now, how can she serve, stay a qualified pilot, and perform the duties necessary for Miss America? I understand that. You're right. You're absolutely right. We find we somehow find a way. You know, we let people. People go to the service academies, and this is this ongoing thing about professional sports. Do we let them? Do we right. let them take, take time off? Somebody, somebody took issue with me saying, you know, I don't think I, I think it was a waste of her. Her uh, the the Air Force is getting the sh- short shrift because she's now Miss America. She's not going to be doing flying. Right. And they said, well, they let you know men be uh, athletes, and I'm like, well, that's wrong too. Yes. I'm I'm, a, I'm not a for that at all. Right. I mean, if you promised five years to the military active duty for the service academy, right. You promised five Ro- years. Roger Staubach had to right. do his full. He, he he got sent over to Vietnam. Right. Rocky Blyer went to Rocky Vietnam Bl- yeah. as an enlisted guy, got right. his foot blown off and came back. Right. And made his way back onto yeah. the Rocky Pittsburgh Blyer's Steelers. Amazing. Guy, amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. So David Robinson, right. the, the basketball. Yeah. So um, he got off a little bit early. Yeah. Did his reserve duty though. Did his full eight years between active and reserve, and I'm sure it was nice duty he did. I'm sure but, it was. But he did it nonetheless. Well, they're talking about what kind of do like uh, what, what she would be doing now, and I'm thinking uh, somebody was saying that they they're just going to assign some E7 to her, and she's going to go touring with the uh, like a like a traveling road show or something. I'm thinking, well, that's wonderful for the, for this year while she's Miss America. But what happens to her her squadron or her the wing she belongs to or yeah, whatever? And obviously she'll. Get put into some recruiting position or something. I guess, and um, probably still draw her flight play if she's a qualified flight officer. But would you want to fly with her? No, no, no. I wouldn't want to fly with her now. No. So anyway, we talk about um, is she good for recruiting? Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. You know, we took movie stars during World War II. We put uniforms on them. Yeah. We sent them around to raise for bonds and other things, right? Yeah. Ronald Reagan went around in uniform. A lot of them really flew missions, though. Well, right. Ronald Reagan oh, some didn't of them make did, tra- though. He Jimmy Stewart films. Right. Jimmy Stewart did fly missions. You oh, know, yeah. There were, so there were both extremes. Um, baseball player. Um, Warren Spahn. You know, you know. Yeah, there are a lot of ball players. So, who, you, know. you know, a lot of people. So I, I don't know. I've got mixed feelings about it. Bob if she, Feller. Um, so, but nonetheless... It's it's an interesting scenario. <laughs> oh, she's interesting, all right. <laughs> yeah. okay. No doubt about it. She's it's interesting. Not, it's all not, right, folks. Let's uh, keep those cards and letters. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not all bad, though. No, it's, it's not, not all, all bad. bad no. Especially in this time, people are trying to break the code and figure out how to get folks interested I, in the military. I, I guess I'm just too old-fashioned that no, way. No, I know. I am, too. Well, I, you know I'm thinking? You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking of the poor, dumb... Sob who didn't get into flight school because she took his his quota, you know, and and now he's not flying and she's not flying. Understood. 
You're right. Yeah. There's only so many spots. Right. Um, They're coveted. At least they used to be. They are. They are. Yeah, and they, now they can't even get people. You know that? Yeah, I heard that the seals are actually having trouble recruiting people. Yeah. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. Have you ever heard such a thing in your life? Never. <laughs> wow. Anyway, it's it's I, it's a I tough time. To believe, it's, but it's a tough time all it, around. It is a tough time right now. It is. It Someday is. we'll look back on it and say, "Can you remember when they actually had?" But you, you know. Well, you know, you were you were in you you were commissioned in eighty one. Yes. So you you served with a lot of guys who were probably draftees and Vietnam draftees. So interestingly, when I came into the military, very interesting NCOs, the non commissioned officers that were around when I came in, were folks that were either. Well, we'll talk about it after the break because it is it was an interesting mix of what I had when I came in. Um, hearing some music, we'll take a break. We'll be back with more Valor Radio in just a couple of minutes. Make sure you let our advertisers know that you enjoy and listen to Valor Radio with the captain and the colonel on the WYSL stations. Get the podcast at wysl1040.com. Don't you feel like a cry? Listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg and Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating and Air, call 500 Help, Veterans Outreach Center, and the Flag Store on South Avenue, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplay Museum. Once again, here's the Colonel, one of his favorite tunes we're bumping him in with there. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate that. We've had a lot of three-dog nights around here lately. Yeah. <laughs> so you were asking before the break, coming in in 81, it, you know, the, the Army, and I, I guess the Navy was going through the same thing, was going through a, a metamorphosis. Uh, you know, the, the folks that stuck around, the officers that stuck around after Vietnam um, were committed to rebuilding the Army. Uh, the army was broke, broke, broke at the end, and and there were, you know, primarily the men that stuck around at the end of Vietnam were truly committed uh, to rebuilding the army, and thank God um, that started right in you know seventy three, seventy four, and then Reagan got elected, and mm-hmm. they were they were able to execute so much of that because. Reagan was, President Reagan was committed to putting the money in place that was necessary to do that. But the plans were all there. Mm-hmm. There was an understanding of what needed to happen. And the Army started cranking out publications, basic operations, other things that hadn't been written, rewritten since Korea or before. Right. And all those things started coming out. The people that were still around. So these these guys were thinkers. And so the the officer corps, the senior officer corps, was pretty solid. Uh, you know, I would say from lieutenant colonel up, were a pretty solid group of folks. Um, I would say most of the women that you ran into were 
primarily in the medical side, nurse corps, um, mm-hmm. committed, very committed they were. To, to advancing, you know, the services and improving the yeah, services. They, they paid their dues back they then. They did. They yeah. did. It was tough. Um, NCOs, hate to say it, there was a lot of... A lot of a lot of burned out yeah. leftovers, but there were some really good. Did were you doing drug screening back then? Oh yeah, okay. Because I remember in, I was in ROTC in eighty one, an NROTC at U of R, and uh, uh, screening a, 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 of uh, for narcotics was a big deal. And uh, they had just come out with this uh, the new policy, and I think it was designed to get the message across that we're in a new era here, and right. if you don't want to be in the military, we don't want you. Right. And they were real hardcore about it because they were doing random sweeps, and the big the, uh, Admiral Hayward was our chief of naval operations at the time, Thomas Hayward, and he gave a big presentation that we had to watch on video i think it was and it was all about not in on my watch not in my in, in my navy right and that's what it was all about was keeping people who had drug issues uh unnoticed that if that they were going to get caught and if they got caught they were going to be take uh taken out so and and unfortunately um good intent there were three labs in the for dod uh-huh. there was one in hawaii there was one at fort meade maryland and I don't remember where the third lab was. Unfortunately, by 1984-85, found out that the controls at two of the three labs were horrific. Oh. And um, oh, so they had like issues with uh, custody and shit, like, yes, stuff like that. Chain like, of custody. Two wow. of the labs ended up closing down. The only lab that remains open today, <laughs> I think, is still the one in Hawaii. Really? And I actually oh, that's litig- not good. I litigated cases. I actually sat on elimination boards, and um, I actually took heat from uh, a general because I was the president of an elimination board, and um, I the. Uh, Ph.D. doctor that testified um, did a horrible job, and I wouldn't let him. I mean, you're talking about ending someone's career. So they're playing fast and loose with yes. the, oh, that's yeah. not, not and, a good thing. Um, so anyway, two of the labs ended up closing. But yes, they did. They were doing random drug screening. Uh-huh. And, you know, they if your Social Security number ends in two right. today... Step, take one step forward. Right, and you got locked down until uh-huh. you were observed peeing in a bottle. And, right, uh, but that when that pee goes in that box, you got to put it in the refrigerator over the weekend. And, you just can't leave it. Well, but the whole chain of custody thing became a real issue. Yeah, we, we, had, um, we, had, we had we had we had a little bit of problem in the mid eighties um, in squadron because. Uh, um, it, it became an issue, I and mean, we were throwing a lot of people out for narcotics. Right, and and unfortunately, marijuana. Was, is, the, those uh, those labs were not were not right. handling up to, the up stuff. To snuff. Up they to weren't snuff. right, and you know they were doing a lot of um, the accreditation. And once again, they were exempt from the other national accreditation standards that any other lab right. outside of the government had. Very to meet. stringent ones. Yeah, yeah they, they were and, not up to that. And so when you were no. defending someone and you you try to challenge them based on the accredited, finally, finally, there was some, once again, the military is always given so much deference to do things correctly. And about the only place in our lives where the military has typically done that correctly was uh, Admiral Rickover with the nuclear Navy. Other than that, I don't know any place else where there haven't been significant abuses 
mm-hmm. by the by the Department of Defense yeah. in any area. You know, it just seems like, and maybe the you know they they hit it in the nuclear navy, but you know the, the nuclear navy no. was given. I've never heard. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, they were clean as a whistle. Right. So, um, but. You know the, the military's always been given so much deference, mm-hmm. and but with that deference goes such a tremendous responsibility. Yeah, I agree. And this is where commanders have all, I think, have always fallen on their faces with the military judicial. You know, the military code. Uh, uh, UCMJ. UCMJ. Yeah. I. This is where the and this is where there's all this. You know, you hear Congress saying, they, and they've taken some of the authority away from commanders, and they're so outraged about it. But they've abused that authority. They they were given absolute authority uh, to handle things, and they never handled it that well. Mm. They used that authority, and you'd see cases where, um, and an officer that was um, the investigating officer was also the reviewing officer for a matter. Now that doesn't. Where, where's the due process in that? Where you investigate me, and then you are also the person saying, um, "I am reviewing the investigating officer's work mm. and find that the investigating officer, who was me, did a great job doing the investigation." And that person's career is ruined based on. And I've actually seen that in cases mm. in the military. Really. Um, so I, you know, there's abuses, and that's why you see things like this. And when you hear about going back to what we started the show with this guy that got got killed by getting knocked off his bike because he lost his driving privileges. You just have to step back and say, what is wrong, you know, with the big system writ large? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying the military isn't going to be corporate America. We don't want it to be that way. But when you are entrusted with the lives to the level that a commander is entrusted with the lives, then that responsibility, and I know commanders would sit there and say, you know, you stupid idiot, who who are you to tell us that? Well, I'm telling you as one of the people who – put my lives in your hands for 30 years Mm -hmm. as one of those people i have a right to tell you that because i've seen them abused time and time again more so in peacetime army than in than even in combat zones Mm. um i've seen commanders abuse people uh and in many times in small ways but they're cumulative and they have such an effect so um anyway there's a ton of things i want to talk about with you today and we got off on this um (laughs) but uh so we wanted to talk a little bit more, uh, and I think it goes. To, you know, we were before the show we were talking about the Secretary of Defense. What could lead someone to think that they what he did? What would make him think that it was okay for him to do this the way he did this? What, I have no idea. What well, what that that whole thing is a huge uh, mystery to me. Um, and I'm I don't think we really know half about what happened right, right now. I think I think we're going to find out in time. And it just makes me angry that I, that the Secretary of Defense thought that he could do this in this way, and it wouldn't have any ne- negative effect. It's I, irresponsible, really. Well, it was irresponsible, but I see. I can't even. I I've been thinking about this since it happened. What could there be? The guy's got cancer. Mm-hmm. Men his age, Allegedly. men our age, get cancer. Yeah, at a pretty high rate. It's not. It's not what it used to be it's mm-hmm. not you, you don't i mean some people are private about their health some people in high powered positions you know if you're the ceo of of a of apple mm-hmm. you know you don't want the stock to drop so is it fair not to tell the board of directors well you know if if, if uh, lloyd austin came into work and he looked like al roker 
Like he's losing a lot of weight. Be like, something's wrong with the with the, the general. You know, something's happening. Maybe he's not feeling well. But uh, he just checked into a you know a, a hospital without telling anybody. And he's the he's the man. I mean, if we went to war, he's the guy who would be leading the effort. He is, and he's number six. He's number six in the chain of command. Yeah. The big chain of command. The big chain of command. Yeah. So, wow. All right, more when we get back. Uh, more with Valor Radio. Just 17, everything that you sing is all there in our eyes. So many years of a poem, I was tears and a day of sweet lies. There's nobody home. Mary Ann's alone. Almost fully grown and worldly wise. Jim has been down, he's been out and around, and he knows where it's at. Love to be good if you thought that it could, but it isn't like that. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award. MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Michigan Miller's Mutual Insurance, 2425 East Grand River Avenue, Lansing, Michigan. The Stars and Stripes flag store is open again. Shop at 783 South Avenue Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 5. All American-made flags, many different types, apparel, drinkware, ornaments, and more. Honor our heroes. Shop Stars and Stripes flag store open again. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Ventix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Fallow Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg & Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating & Air, call 500-HELP, Veterans Outreach Center and the Flag Store on South Avenue, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplay Museum. Hey, once again, the Colonel and the Captain for you. Thanks, Robert. So, I think, I think what shows strength is showing that you have a team around you, showing that you have confidence in your deputy, showing that there's stability Very good point. in the chain of command, right. showing that the system works the way it's supposed to. Uh, good, I, leader, good leaders can, can uh, be out of pocket right. and things get done and that's this right. happen. That's right. But in this case, did things 
did things fall into place? I mean, when he when he went in for his uh, uh, when he went into the ICU, I mean, talk about General uh, Austin, Secretary, Secretary Austin. Austin, yeah. Um, his, his deputy was on a beach in Puerto Rico. Uh, that was his uh, chief. Uh, yes, his deputy was in Puerto Rico. His chief of staff had the flu. Right. So, who was doing the SecDef's job at that point? Almost more interesting to me was that the lack of communication. It, it's inconceivable to me that, I mean, the big three, you know, Secretary of State, the Attorney General. Secretary of Defense or their deputies are not talking to each other every day, talking to the president every day. I, it's inconceivable to me, especially with what's going on in the world. Um, and so I, this is just this is just a completely shows a. I, I think you're right. I think it's mind-numbing stuff. I, yeah. I never would have believed it no. possible. No. And, and, and if it happened, like it's, like this one just happened, you would think that they would immediately uh, convene some kind of um, panel to d- determine that it never happens again. Right. Right. But I don't see the, the urgency there. No. I think they just, they're whistling past the graveyard with this whole thing. Right. So. Like it I, never happened. Yeah. Just. Just absolutely troubling. So, Steve, I the other thing that's just making me absolutely lunatic. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I don't articulate it like you do. No, I, I'm not no, nearly yes, as you articulate do. Yeah, as actually, you do. You do much better than me. No, no, you you are the master. <laughs> um, I don't have the patience, and I just don't have the skill to articulate it the way you do. But we're our our warships, our soldiers, <sighs> our sailors, our marines. Our airmen are being engaged with sophisticated weaponry 24 hours a day, seven days a week in Syria, in Iraq, in the Red Sea, on the oceans, um, in the air. With sophisticated, we're not talking about a jihadist with an AK 42nd no, sweeping with a 30 round magazine or a RPG right. fired at an armored vehicle that's right. going to bounce off. We're talking about sophisticated weaponry being fired at U.S. military assets or U.S. owned assets on multiple continents and oceans and seas around the world. Right. And we're treating it like it's a training exercise. And I can't, I don't understand. I'm I'm six, almost sixty six years old. I've I, I spent my lifetime, at least observing, acknowledging, reading about. I, I won't say studying because I haven't spent my full life studying, but right. you know, trying to learn as much as I can about. I don't understand what's going on in the world and what we're not doing. Why why we're not doing more at this point? Well, here's a perfect example: the, the, the Houthi uh, rebels, or whatever you want to call them. Uh, one of their missiles struck a U.S.-owned ship, the Gibraltar Eagle, which is a bulk carrier off of Yemen in the Gulf of Aden. And it, less than a day after, the rebels launched an anti-ship cruise missile. They got anti-ship cruise missiles what? What? at a U.S. destroyer. An anti-ship cruise missile. I mean, we're not talking about pop guns or flaming That's arrows. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What? <laughs> where, the, where are they getting them from? And, and, and if they have them, why don't we take them out? 
Right. Why don't we take them out? Maybe like, Afghanistan, now? perhaps? Would that be- well, yeah, you never know. You I know, don't think they got them from there. The no, I don't think they got those from there. No, they didn't get no, them from there. No, no. But, but it just the idea that they got, I'm sure they got plenty of, um, maybe they got um, uh, some kind of anti-aircraft missile, like a, a shoulder fire, like a... Yeah, maybe. No, because there was no air threat, so there wasn't a lot of that there. No? We didn't okay. have a lot of air threats, so I don't think we left a lot of okay. those type All of weapons right. behind. Um, you know, even if they had a bazooka, I don't like them having it. But I, I, that's it, understandable. It, I mean, you can expect some. If it was, you know, a classic terrorist, like I said, if it was an AK forty-seven, an RPG. You know, the you other know, thing too is the, abil- talk- the ability to deploy them. It's pretty it's uh, a impressive. It's a sophisticated weapon. You just can't go out to the store and buy one and sit down like a, with a Radio Shack kit and get the thing That's flying. That's right. That's you, my... you, they had to train these guys, and somewhere there's some op center with somebody doing this. That's right. Someone's providing yeah. the intelligence. This is, this someone's is giving them the, stuff. Someone's giving them the grid coordinates. Someone, Someone is, is Iran. Does, somebody is, know, does anybody know where John Kerry is? John Kerry just quit the administration. You see that? Did you know that there's a scandal going on with John Kerry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. About his uh, about uh, he 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 talked intelligence to, leaks. Intelligence leak. A major intelligence leak. He may have divulged uh, seriously sensitive information to the Iranians about, about the, the Israelis. About the Israelis. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's a real scandal, and if the, if the press would cover it, yeah, John well, he, Kerry so, is. So he stepped down now. Yeah, he's out of the administration. He's he quit. He's not going to be working on the campaign for Biden. Um, but that's a completely separate uh, uh, assignment if he wants to do that. Well, he's not going to be in the administration anymore. He's, he's no longer the, the, the climate czar. No, no, I, I know that. Yeah. I, I think he was, he's, he's going. Can you imagine, if you're Joe Biden, you pick John Kerry <laughs> to be your brain trust for, the, for, the, for the election? I know. It's so, just amazing. So they're such savory people, you know, they're, they really are. Can we, before we're done with the show, what? What is going on? I mean, us as a nation, we're not, we're not Uganda, we're not Bolivia, well, not no, yet. We're, going, we're not Peru. We're going in that direction. What is we going might be on? I think soon. I think we're going to be a first world country uh, before too long, with a third world country living inside of it. I think that's yeah. pretty much the scenario. Yeah, we're we're going to have to suppress our inner third world. What what are personality. we doing to ourselves? I don't know. Well, we're not doing it to ourselves. We're, we're there. Well, are, we are a, from within. Well, well, yeah, but wait a minute. It's a contingent of people in the country who are doing all the damage. I don't believe they're anywhere near the majority. I understand that, but we're allowing it to happen. But nobody knows what can, to do, Paul. How can we, as a nation, allow this to happen to ourselves around the world? I'm. I. I, I, I every time I read about another, and once again, we're not myself. even we're not I, even hearing about I, I, everything. I agree with you, hundred percent. I I hear this stuff, and I think to myself, I must be dreaming. It must be like a bad dream. And I and I wake up, and and we yeah, Joe Biden's still president, and Lloyd Austin is still a Secretary of Defense in the hospital. <laughs> I and I can't believe the folks in Congress are just sitting back. That that's yeah that's the that's the really the, that, the that, hard thing to swallow. We've got we've members got, of Congress aren't doing it. We've got four hundred and thirty five. We got a hundred. We got a hundred senators. Well, you know, back in the day, we had guys like Sam Nunn on the Democrat <sighs> side who would demand answers, and they were Democrats. If it right. was a Democrat administration, it didn't matter. For it didn't like matter. This. No, it didn't. But matter. we don't the have day, anybody like that. The days of Henry Scoop Jackson, right? Are Scoop Jackson, long man. gone. There you go. I'm, I, this is this is. 
on a daily, I, yeah. I just, I read this stuff. I, you know, in the morning, I look at Al Jazeera. I look at, you know, a couple of European newspapers. I look at a couple Asian newspapers and they're reporting this stuff. We're not hearing about half of yeah, this. I know. And, and, and we're, we're, this is just in our country and our people are getting shot at. And we're and, in the middle of an election year. You would think that they would be front and center with the, with these stories to try and get accountability out of our elected officials, and they're not. No, because they don't There's want no to, accountability. They don't want. They don't want accountability because they want to. Re, right. They want it to keep going the way they, it is. They don't want accountability. I mean, it, you know, we. If you, I mean, if you listen to uh, Vivek, you know, he's saying that uh, they're somehow going to push Trump out of the way, and now Nikki's been the choice of the Democrats as well. So once Trump gets pushed out of the way, they're going to. You know, it's going to be, uh, who knows what's going to happen, but I just can't comprehend that we're allowing our military to be uh, targets like this, and, and we're not doing anything. why I drink. I just don't know. I'm just trying All right, folks, please stay vigilant. Please get informed. Please get involved. Please. It's got to start at a local basis. Every vote counts. Every vote counts. Rattle um, some cages there. That's right. Yeah. So, um, write to Joe Morelli. Ask him what's going on and demand an answer. All right, folks, uh, next week we'll be back with more Valor Radio. Please keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, guardians in your thoughts and in your prayers in these dangerous days. We'll see you next week on Valor Radio. Anyway, providing for our futures, my responsibility. Yeah, I'm real good on the pressure.